Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Oh, good morning, Soul City Church. How you doing? Good. You sound good. Welcome back to all of you. Uh, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. And after a small, short break post-Christmas, after being online only last week, it's really great to see so many faces back here in this room. I'm so glad to be here with you. And as always, huge welcome to those of you who are worshiping with us online. We're so glad that you decided to join us. You know, amidst all the craziness of these last few weeks. I still hope that you all were able to have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, For me and my family, it it was a really special year. We got to celebrate my daughter's first Christmas. And yeah, believe me, it was all about that five-month-old baby. Uh, She was spoiled mostly by me, and I am totally okay with it. Uh, But you know, one of the questions that Aaron and I get all the time as new parents is, how is the baby sleeping? I literally got that question earlier this morning. And you know, overall, we're pretty lucky that my daughter is a decent sleeper. You know, she, she usually does a pretty good job of sleeping all the way through the night, and she has for a little while now. And one of the main reasons for that, I think, is this online class that we took uh, called Taking Care of Babies. Uh, and this is a class taught by a woman named, of course, Kara, which, by the way, I think it should be law that anyone who starts a business must have a pun with their name in the title in that business. I just think it should be a law. Of course, that would mean I would need to change careers and I would start a small chocolate confection business. And you know exactly what it would be called? John Bonds. Yes! That's a dad joke. Speaking of being a dad, so we're taking this class to help my daughter sleep. And in it, the instructor, she gives you a daily schedule to follow with your newborn. And this schedule, hear me, is very specific. It goes hour by hour throughout your day and schedules exactly when your baby should sleep, when they should be awake, when they should eat. Everything has a time code attached to it. And then after Kara has kind of walked you through this very detailed schedule, she makes a point of saying, your baby will never ever follow this schedule. And what she means is, you know, sometimes your baby is going to take a shorter nap. Sometimes they'll sleep a little longer. Sometimes she's going to refuse to nap altogether, go on a nap strike, and you're going to have to feed her maybe a little bit earlier than you thought you would. In other words, your baby is a human, not an alarm clock. And so far, Kara has been absolutely right. We have never, ever followed that schedule exactly, not for a single day. However, I will let you know that since we have started trying to follow this schedule, our daughter is sleeping better, which means Aaron and I are much, much happier. And I credit that to the fact that once we had that schedule, albeit imperfect, once we had that schedule, we had a plan. Like we had a blueprint now. We had a framework that we could refer to that helped to guide our decision-making as parents. And today, as Jeannie mentioned, we're continuing in our teaching series, A How-To for a New You. And if you tuned in last week, you heard Pastor Jarrett teach about the importance of having a God-given vision for your life. That when your life has vision, 
Your life has direction. You know where and what God is calling you to. And if you remember, Jarrett, he walked us through three practical steps for kind of finding and crafting that vision. If you remember first, he talked about you lift it up. You pray about it. You invite God to speak to and inform and guide that vision. Then you write it down. You make your declaration a little bit more permanent by putting pen to paper so that you can really know that vision and hold yourself accountable to it. And then finally, you live it out. You take the vision God has given you and you begin to walk it and live it out in every area of your life. And it's that third piece of living it out. That's what I wanna spend the majority of our time talking about today. Because hopefully, over the course of the last week or since the start of the new year, hopefully you've taken a little bit of time to, to kind of craft and clarify a vision for this year. Maybe set a purpose or an intention that you feel God is calling you to in 2022. Hopefully you've taken a little time to do that. And like we talked about last week, that is imperative. It's important for us to have and feel purpose in our lives. However, your purpose needs a plan. Now, my guess is you already know this intrinsically. The, the vision that you have for your life, it needs a vehicle. It needs to be directed in order for it to move through your life. J- just like Aaron and I, we had a vision. We had a dream of our daughter sleeping through the night. But it wasn't until we made a plan that we were actually able to move towards that goal in any sort of meaningful way. Your purpose needs a plan. The cake you wanna bake needs a recipe. The road trip you wanna take, it needs a route. This sermon that I am giving you, it has notes. I'm not just making it up off the dome as much as it might sound like it. I have a plan up here, people. It's my job. You see, when we have something we wanna do or when we have a place we wanna go, we make a plan. This is basic, practical wisdom. But of course, not to point out the obvious, we are in church. We are not at a self-help seminar. Like We're not here to learn tactics and techniques so you can make your plans and crush your goals and achieve your success. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. We're just not here to do that. We're here because we wanna follow Jesus. We're here because we believe that God has a vision for our lives And we want to pursue that vision in a way that is faithful to him. It's not that God gives us a purpose and then we just kind of run wild and make our own plans. But what makes the most sense to me, what seems most faithful to me, is that a God-given purpose requires a God-driven plan. I mean, that just makes sense, right? That if our purpose, if our vision is given by God, then it should also be driven by that same God. It should be driven by, by his ways and by his design. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I want to clarify, it's not that we aren't a part of that process at all. It's not like God makes a plan and we're just along for the ride. But, but it's actually like the writer of Proverbs says. In Proverbs 16:9, it says this, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. When it comes to how we pursue vision and purpose in our lives, the writer of Proverbs actually describes a partnership between us and God. That yes, we make plans, we set goals, we get really specific, but we invite God to inform and guide and even establish exactly what those plans are. And so in the short time we have left, what I want to do is I want to give you a simple framework to help us do exactly that. 
to help us do what the writer of Proverbs describes, to actually allow God to establish our steps as we move toward this vision in this new year, to, to craft a plan that follows on a path that is faithful to God. And I want you to know right off the bat, this, this kind of framework I'm about to give you, people have been teaching different versions of this in the church for centuries. Uh, spiritual director Ruth Haley Barton teaches these a, a, as sacred rhythms. Uh, the early Christian monks, they famously called this a rule of life. Some of you might be familiar with that language. I have taught this very framework before at our church. And the language that we've kind of landed on to, to tie it to our mission a little more closely, we call these rhythms of transformation. That's the framework I want to give you this morning. So again, we're, we're here to craft a plan as we move towards God's purposes for you this year. And what, what this framework helps us do is it helps us to align that plan with the ways and with the principles and with the heart of Jesus. Because when we have a vision, when we have purpose, we can move toward it any way we want. And we see how that doesn't work out so well a lot of times when people are willing to cut corners or go about achieving their plans and purposes in a way that is hurtful to others. We, what this framework does, it helps us to move towards God's purpose in a way that is also faithful to God. And rhythms of transformation, they are built around answering three questions. And so I'm going to take some time and unpack what those three questions are. And then we're going to get real specific, and I'm going to show you how this can actually apply to everyday real life. Sound good? Not if it sounds good. I can tell you're all smiling and eager behind your masks. So the first question that we ask in this framework is, how do I do this? But what I mean is, you start by choosing an area of your life where you feel like God has given you a vision or God's given you purpose. For example, maybe in this new year, you feel like God is calling you to be more generous. And so you start by simply asking, how do I currently do generosity? Like, what are my current practices surrounding giving? Now, let's be really, really clear. This is not an opportunity for you to judge yourself or for you to shame yourself that you're not doing it well enough or you to beat yourself up. No, what this is, this is an opportunity for you to just start honestly by naming how it is in your life. You just start with that first question. What is my current rhythm, my current practice in this area? How do I currently do this? Then the second question you move to is how did Jesus do this? This is where we turn to scripture. Usually we turn somewhere in the gospels and we do a little investigation. We do a little study to see what were Jesus's rhythms? What were his practices? What, what were his teachings on this subject? To continue with our example of generosity, uh, you might turn to Matthew chapter 6, where in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches on what we do with our treasure. Or you might turn to Luke 21, which has the story of the widow's offering. If you're familiar with that story, you notice how in the story, Jesus, he doesn't necessarily celebrate the amount that is given, but he celebrates the sacrificial heart with which the widow gives even her supposedly meager offering. So that's it. You, you just do a little study. You just get some idea of what were Jesus's teachings? What was his principle? How did he see this area of life? And then finally, you move on to that third question. How would Jesus do this if he were me? This is the good old fashioned WWJD people. They, they had something there with that. I'm just saying. What you do is by looking at the teaching and example of Jesus, you ask, how can I translate and apply his ways to my life today? And notice, notice how I say translate, not copy. 
We're not looking to the way of Jesus in order to find exact rules or exact prescriptions that we can just copy and paste into our own lives. That actually won't work for many reasons. What we're doing is we are searching for wisdom from the way of Jesus, and then we use wisdom to translate that into our lives today. So again, on the subject of generosity, we've already talked about how Jesus had this vision of generosity that was sacrificial in nature. And if you were to continue to do more study, you'd find that Jesus's vision of generosity went far beyond our finances. It actually had to do with our entire lives. And so we asked the question, how can I be more sacrificial? And how can I be more expansive in my giving this year? And the answer to that question, by the way, could lead you to do any number of things. It might lead you to volunteer, give your time, give your skills in a, a new or more intense way in this new year might lead you to increase the percentage that you tithe. Again, there is no one-size-fits-all answer to you for this. It's, it's how would Jesus do this if he were me in my situation? How can I be more sacrificially generous in the way that Jesus modeled? And the answer to that third question, by the way, that's your rhythm of transformation. There you go. That's the specific pattern or plan that you put into practice in order to push you toward God's vision in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. How do I do this? You do a little investigation of your own life. How did Jesus do this? You do some investigation of his. And then how can I translate Jesus's vision of this into my current circumstances? Now, generosity, the topic of generosity, it's a pretty easy one to fit into this framework. Not that it's necessarily an easy practice for us to live out, but, but Jesus talked a lot about generosity. So it's pretty easy to find that. And there's a lot of mainstream spiritual practices around the idea of giving. And so what I wanna do is I wanna look at how this might be applied to an area of life that some of us might not think of necessarily as spiritual or faith-based. And I'll use myself as a guinea pig. This is an example. I, I'm going to walk you through how I've walked through this so that you can kind of see how it works. So one of my visions for this year surrounds my body. I'm sure a lot of us have maybe goals or resolutions in this area, maybe to lose a certain amount of holiday weight or, you know, cut out a certain kind of food. For me, uh, in this last year, I have faced some pretty significant injuries with my body. And I also have a history of some disordered eating. And so going into this year, I did some praying and I did kind of Jarrett's three steps and I felt God calling me to honor my body and to honor God with my body in more intentional and more faithful ways than I ever have before. That right there, that's, that's my vision. So in order to get there, what do I need? I need a plan. So I walk through the steps. I start with, how do I do this? What are my current rhythms and practices in regards to caring for my body? Well, in the last year, uh, I have done, I think, a pretty decent job of kind of making sure I eat pretty well and mindfully throughout the week. However, I also have a tendency to kind of gorge myself on junk food every weekend, which of course then the weekend it moves into Friday and also moves into Thursday and pretty soon it's six to one rather than, you know, one to six. And, you know, so that's, that's my current rhythm. Physically, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty active person, but a lot of you may know that I also struggle with a bad back. And if I'm totally honest with you, I have not gone to see a doctor or a physical therapist for this injury in many, many years at this point. So that's just me being honest about what my current rhythms and practices regarding caring for my physical health 
look like. No shame, no guilt, that's just what is. So next, we turn to scripture. And we ask, how did Jesus do this? Now, this is a little bit more complicated than our generosity conversation because, I hate to inform you, Jesus did not have a workout plan. It's one of the very few ways that him and Kanye are not exactly alike. (laughs) You know, you're not going to turn in here and find any exact prescriptions or exact diets from Jesus. However, Jesus and followers of Jesus throughout the scriptures, they have talked a lot and do talk a lot about the body. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, this is the Apostle Paul. He writes, Do you not know that your bodies are temples or dwelling places of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You, your body, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Now, these are not explicitly the words or teachings of Jesus, but for those of you who are familiar with the Bible, you know this is the Apostle Paul writing to a community of Jesus followers, encouraging them on how they can apply the teachings and principles of Jesus to their lives that day. In other words, they're doing exactly what you and I are doing. You might also turn to Matthew chapter 23. In Matthew 23, Jesus, he uses this metaphor of a cup or a dish to call out the Pharisees and religious leaders for only focusing on outward appearances. Well, on the inside, they're filled with vanity and foolishness and ugliness. And again, Jesus, he's not speaking explicitly about the body here, but it's pretty easy to see how this teaching might apply to how you and I treat our bodies. I can do all the work in the world to kind of present myself as a person who's in good shape, but if I don't actually eat food that is good for me, if I don't go to the doctor and make sure that my bones and ligaments and everything inside my body is working the way it should, if I neglect to do that work, then I am just like the Pharisees who only clean the outside of the cup but neglect what's going on on the inside. So we've been honest about how I do this. We've done a little investigating on how did Jesus do this. Now, how would Jesus do this if he were me? Like if Jesus lived in my shoes, with my health issues, had my job, my family, how might his principles and teachings be applied to me today with my body? These are the questions I've been asking since the start of the year, and they have led me to establish certain rhythms or reestablish certain rhythms in my life. One of them is now I seek to eat mindfully seven days a week rather than five or four or three, sometimes two. I want to eat mindfully seven days a week. Not perfect. It's not like I'm never going to have a cookie. So please keep bringing me cookies if your cookies are good. (laughs) But I I want to honor my body. And so I just want to make sure that I am mindful of everything I am putting into my body. Another rhythm I've set up, I want to remain consistent with exercise, but I have also set up a standing appointment with my doctor every six months. Not because there's anything wrong, but because I wanna make sure my caring for my body is more than just a vanity project. I wanna make sure that I care for the outside of my body and the inside of the one and only body God has given me. So these right there, those are my rhythms of transformation in this area of my body. And notice, notice that every single one of them pulls me back to and pushes me toward that greater vision that God has given me to honor my body, honor God with my body. A good rhythm, a good plan, it always pushes you and leads you towards that greater vision and greater purpose. Now again, that's, that's just an example. 
so that you can see how this works. Just an example from my life. But this framework, it can be applied to any and every area of your life. You can apply this to your work life. You can apply this to friendships or community, dating, marriage, sex, prayer, social media, politics, anything and everything. This is about taking that vision that God has given you, that purpose that God has spoken over your life, and breaking it down into actual actionable steps that are informed and guided by the way of Jesus. How do I do this? How did Jesus do this? How would Jesus do this if he were me? Make sense? More nods? Wonderful. Thank you. Now, I know that the last 10 minutes or so have felt way more like a class than they have like a sermon. And I'm not apologizing for that. I genuinely believe this framework has the power to transform areas of your life in meaningful ways. But I also want to name and take a moment to name a bit of a tension that I believe many of us, including myself, are feeling specifically in this area of making plans. Because as Jeannie talked about, over the course of the last two years, with the absolute messy dumpster fire roller coaster that COVID-19 has been, and especially over the course of the last month with the rise of yet another seemingly even more vicious and spreading rapidly variant, over the course of time, I think many of us have kind of become totally allergic to this idea of making plans. Because let's be honest, we have been let down so many times at this point. Like we have canceled too many plans. We've missed too many holidays. We've had to pivot too many times. We've had to shelve too many dreams say goodbye to too many people. And, and so maybe you're sitting there and you hear me talk about, you know, creating a plan for your year and you just laugh at me. <laughs> or, or at worst, you find yourself feeling totally cynical about this whole thing. Like, that's just ridiculous. I get it. Like, really, I do. I, I love this framework. I use this framework in my life. I wouldn't teach it to you if I didn't believe in it. But I also hit a point towards the end of last year where I basically threw out every rhythm that I had because I was getting so frustrated that none of them seemed to work anymore. Like many of you, I've had a lot of friends uh, move away over the course of the last two years. And it just has felt like every time I try and establish a new rhythm of community or a new rhythm of friendship, every time I kind of, you know, get out of my introvert box and step in, every time COVID's on the rise and I have to cancel those plans or it just doesn't feel safe anymore. I usually try and keep a really consistent morning rhythm of exercise and prayer and quiet time with God. But all of a sudden over these last couple months, these rhythms that I have kept for literally years since high school, all of a sudden they are getting interrupted because I now have a daughter who wakes up in the morning and needs to be cared for and needs to be fed. And listen, I, love, I am so grateful that God has blessed us with this little girl. And I also miss my rhythms. I, not just like I miss them, I want them. My soul needs them. So you might find yourself kind of sitting there and being like, why would I even try and do this? Why would I even try to make plans and have spiritual rhythms and practices? Because every time I have tried over the last two years, I feel like I have to cancel it or it gets interrupted. I get that feeling. Listen, things have changed in our world. Over the last 24 months, things have changed significantly in our world. And I bet, I'm willing to bet, 
they have changed significantly in your personal life as well. We are all living in a new, extremely volatile reality. But I don't think the lesson, I don't think the wisdom is that we just shouldn't make any plans now in this new volatile reality. I actually think that the lesson, the wisdom here, is that new realities simply need new rhythms. I think what's happening is many of us, we're taking plans, we're taking our way of doing things from 2019, and we're trying to live them out still in 2022. Like we're taking old rhythms that were built for an old reality, and then we're getting frustrated when they don't fit into this new reality. And believe me, while it is, it is hard to leave and grieve our old way of doing things, I think right now it is time to heed the words of the prophet Isaiah, who said, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, right now, I, God, am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Listen, it might feel like a wilderness in your life. The last couple of years have probably felt like a wasteland, but I just want to remind you this morning that God is still there. God still has a vision. God still has purpose. God is still doing a new thing. You just might need some new rhythms in this new reality in order to get there. And so I imagine right now in this room, there's probably a few different groups of you. First, there may be those of you who need to do a little refresh on some of your rhythms. Some of you might need to establish these intentionally in your life for the first time. But, but you're feeling like, okay, this week I've been putting this off. I've been feeling a little cynical, but this week I need to carve out some legitimate time to choose some areas of my life and apply this framework. Ask those three questions. To look at the vision that God has spoken over your life and then break it down really, really simple. How do I currently do this? How did Jesus call me to do this? And then how would Jesus do this if he were me in this moment? Some of you just need to create some new rhythms that are actually possible in this new reality. Then, I imagine there's those of you who want to go even deeper than this. Like, you're not only thinking, how can I create a plan for, you know, God's vision for this year? You're hungry to discover and get aligned with what, what are God's purposes? What's God's vision for your life for 22 and, and even beyond that? And if that's where you're at this morning, whether you're here in this room or worshiping online, I'm really excited to let you know about something new coming out of our church. Our church, in partnership with an incredible organization called Patterson, we are offering the very first Life Plan Launch cohort. Now, for those who maybe aren't familiar with Patterson or with Life Plan, uh, this is an experience where you're led through a process that drills down really deep and really specifically into your story to help you craft a plan for your life surrounding God's unique design and purposes for you. Essentially, it's a much more intense version. It's their version of Rhythms of Transformation. And it is a powerful, life-changing process. Several of our staff members here at the church have walked through and done their life plan, including Jarrett and Jeannie. They did theirs right before starting Soul City Church. In other words, this church would not exist without the life change that happens as people go through this process. Now, normally a life plan is like a multi-day one-to-one experience, but Patterson, they are graciously partnering with us to offer this new kind of three-week cohort experience. 
And they're doing it at a price point that is significantly less than you would pay otherwise. And, and believe me, it is, it is well worth the investment. And so if, if that sounds like the right next step for you, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. You can visit our website. It's right up there, soulcitychurch.com slash life plan. You can get more information, sign up today. I promise you, it is worth it. Your one and only life that God has given you, it's worth making this investment. And again, this is just another next step to help you kind of take the principles of this message and apply them to your life in a really specific, really intentional way. Because listen, all this stuff that we're talking about, whether it's establishing rhythms in your life for the first time, whether it's walking through a life plan, whether it's kind of changing your rhythms to face this new reality, all this stuff, let's be honest, it takes work. It takes time. It takes focus. It takes intention. But again, it is worth it. Because not only is this a way for us to make the most of this life that God has given us, I actually believe this is a way to help us be most faithful with the greatest gift God has given us, our one and only life. So as I close this message, I'd love to close it by praying for all of you, that, that as you go through this process, whatever iteration you take, that God would give you a spirit of diligence that he'd give you a spirit of perseverance, that he would give you wisdom and he would give you hope as you seek to kind of change your rhythms or craft a plan that push you toward God's ultimate and loving purpose for your life. So if you're in this room, I'd love to invite you to stand if you would. If you're worshiping with us online, you take whatever posture you need and let's pray together. God, we stand here and we declare that we believe you are still moving. You're still active. You still have a plan. You're still working. Even though maybe we haven't been able to see it. Maybe because we've been caught in our old rhythms and our old ways. God, I, I pray, the spirit of the prophet Isaiah, the words of the prophet Isaiah, you are doing a new thing. And in faith, God, would we establish new realities, new, new rhythms for this new reality? God, would you give us wisdom in this process to be faithful? Jesus, thank you that you showed up in this world and you showed us how to do this thing called life. Give us wisdom as we translate your ways to our life today. And I pray that not only would our lives be changed, but other people would be changed because of the transformation you are going to work in and through us and in and through this community, that our city would be changed, our, our world would be changed. Because we said, hey, I'm, gonna get, I'm not going to waste the one and only life God has given me. We love you, Lord. And we declare that we want to build our lives on you and your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>